your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, let's go! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan University Football Coaches Show, a weekly look at the latest happenings in Profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble Bookstore, The Brown & Gold Gridiron Club, Inspira Health, Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar, the Rowan University Alumni Association, and the Southwest Council. Now we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey with Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Accorsi, for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. We are here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. It is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones joined by, as always, the head coach of Rowan University Pros Football, Jay Accorsi. Coach, welcome back. Yeah, great uh, great to be here, even though most people are probably at home watching the Phillies <laughs> and not listening to us, but that's okay. we still got a good show ready. Yes, we still the, the show goes on, as show they goes, say. The show must go on. Yes, and we've got a lot of great stuff lined up for you over the next hour, and, of course, we'll talk all things Profs and Seagulls coming up as Rowan gets ready for one of their biggest games of the year on Saturday, and at this point of the year, they're really all big games because of the conference being at stake on a week-to-week basis. And we'll certainly talk a lot about that coming up. And we'll have our Rowan University Football Players of the Week. But let's start it off with going back to homecoming Saturday. Rowan against Christopher Newport. What an unusual day because of the weather. And the rain really played a big factor in terms of how things played out. And it's unfortunate because... You know, a lot of times, especially with a game like that, where it could have some lasting ramifications, you'd like to see it played in fair weather, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And as it turns out, Christopher Newport gets the W. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's unfortunate because you're expecting a huge crowd. And, you know, it's great to see the tents and all the people out there. And, you know, it is probably the largest day on campus, um, you know, besides the main commencement ceremony. But, um, you know, unfortunate that the weather was and then, you know, unfortunate, we just, you know, really kind of two or three plays, you know, was the difference. Um, you know, the opening kickoff, you just, you can't do that. Yes, they did tackle two of our players, but still you got to get off blocks and, and make it. And that kind of was the difference, that, that one score, even though we came back at the end. But, um, you know, I thought for the most part we played pretty well. Again, one of our better games, believe it or not, that we've played, but you know, the three plays, the kickoff return for a touchdown, the long run they have when we, you know, are supposed to check out of a blitz and don't set the front right. Oh, um, yes. You know, and that one was tough. And then the ball slipping out of Nate's hands right into the defensive end that's coming off the edge. So, you know, again, could have, should have, would have, but it was really close. And, again, we fought back at the end and almost had a chance to pull some magic out. Well, we talked about the fight of the team last week, and, and that certainly was prevalent. 21-3 lead build up by Christopher Newport heading into halftime. But once again, you take a look at so many of the touchdowns of the prof score under two minutes, and you're able to do it again to go into half down 21-10. Yeah, and again, you know, it seems like we play better, you know, with our backs against the wall under pressure situations. You would think with a young team and all the injuries we've had, we lost a couple players again. 
um, that that would not be the case, but it seems to be the case. So we're we're better when we're up tempo and offense a little bit, um, and, and we're better when our backs are against the wall. But you know, again, twenty-one-three. It's bad weather. You know, you always worry about you know where the team is at in their fight and their will to overcome. And and we did. You get the score before half. You know, you come out, you hold them in the second half for the most part. You get the late score. You get the two-point conversion. So you're a field goal within some magic of tying it, and we just couldn't. But, again, against, you know, when two really good teams play, you know, turnovers become critical. Um, You know, we almost had that one down on their sideline. You know, we're trying to scoop and score maybe instead of getting the ball. Um, But, again, I, I thought we did some really good things. Again, three plays, the kickoff return for a touchdown, the miss front on the long run for them. And then the ball slipping out of, you know, Nate's hands. That's just, you know, again, we thought, did the player take it? Did he not? Because it went bang, bang, bang. But, you know, again, that's what's going to happen in, in, in bad weather. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, you take a look at the forecast. It was going to be, you know, it is what it is. You knew it was potentially going to be an issue. One of the questions I always have, because you, you, when you look at the numbers. Statistics, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a rough day for, our, for the passers. I mean, when, when you go into a game where you know, hey, weather might be an issue, I mean, how much do you cater your prep towards that, or is it something where you just have to say, okay, this is our game plan, rain or shine, we just got to deal with it and make adjustments on the fly? Yeah, no, you have to adjust, obviously, and, and we did on Friday. We did our wet ball drills, you know, squirting the balls and dousing all the footballs and the centers and the quarterbacks and receivers and just preparing you know, for really bad weather. Um, and I thought we did a pretty good job. I thought we ran the ball. Obviously, Nunez Bukla, another freshman, stepped up and had a great game. Offensive rookie of the conference, um, Carter Williams, defensive rookie. So, again, I thought we did some really good things. When you look at the numbers, that's what you would expect in a good football game between two really good teams. And we were right there. It's just too too close, too short. You know, not enough time. And, and again, you know, those couple of plays separate you from winning and losing. So it's 21-10. You get the late 95-yard touchdown pass to, to Kevin Degnan. Uh, take me through what you saw in that play and, and how it developed. That's a China route or, a, you know, kind of a bend in and out to the sideline. Um, you know, and again, we're in our two-minute, right, whatever. We're trying to speed it up later on in the game. You know, Nate makes a great throw. Kevin makes a great catch. The safety kind of misses. Kevin turns a corner, and it's a foot race, you know. And, you know, again, that's a freshman-to-freshman connection, right? Kevin's a freshman. Nate's a freshman. You know, the two guys in the backfield are freshmen. You know, so we're playing with some really young players, you know, again, because we've had just so many injuries. But, you know, give our guys credit. They, they didn't back down. They fought the way through. And, you know, and then you go for the two-point play. So you're lining up and you're trying to find one of the freshman running backs. They're supposed to be there, but they're not. So, you know, again, all learning things for new players that haven't been in that situation. But I thought we did a great job getting ourselves back into it. Uh, no question about it. The, the conditions certainly treacherous for both teams. A total of 387 yards of total offense between the two teams. I mean, it was just it was just one of those days where it was going to be tough to get any kind of significant traction. Yeah, and I thought we were gritty on offense. I thought we blocked really well. I thought Nunez really ran hard. A lot of times slipped out of the pile. A lot of times moved the pile. You know, he's kind of a, 
you know, a mix between James and a bigger back. Um, again, he's still a freshman, but it was good to see. He's come, coming off a little bit of a leg injury, and I thought he had a great game. And again, you know, the future looks really bright when you have a lot of good young players playing for you. And I thought he gutted it out in some sloppy conditions. That was that old-fashioned grind it out, slop it around. You know, they talk about a, a, a mutter running back or somebody that can kind of slug it around and slush through. And I thought Nunez did a great job. Again, he's still a freshman, so, you know, it, it's still a work in progress. But I thought our offensive line did really well. Price Bouchard, the center, goes out early with a knee injury. So, again, we're scrambling on the offensive line, moving pieces around. You know, and it just seems like one of those years we've just had a lot of injuries. And um, But you give the players credit. We fought through, and I thought we did a really good job. Yeah, it's just been one of those, you said it, one of those years with injuries. Just, it, look, you're going to lose players during the course of the year, but it just seems like this year in particular has been a little bit more stressful than others injury-wise for the Yeah, it has. And, again, we didn't really lose a lot of players. We lost, lost Price Bouchard a little bit early in the game. You know, so you're holding breath, holding your breath with a lot of other players that are playing a lot, nicked up. <clears throat> Again, so this was really the game we didn't lose. Every game we've lost two, three, four players every game. And, you know, when you have that type of season, you're just trying to hold on and piece it together. Um, you know, and that's been kind of the, 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 the way for us. But the great part is a lot of young players are getting great experience. And we're still competitive in putting ourselves in a position to win the game. So... You know, again, when it's 21-3, you look at your team and you want to see what type of team you have. You know, there's no question in the last two weeks, we have a team that's never going to give up, always slug through, always work really hard, and put yourself in a position to win. And that's all you can ask. And, you know, again, I think in our conference, there's really no clear-cut front runner. You know, everybody's kind of a little bit the same. So, again, I think it, it provides a lot of challenges but at the same time, a lot of opportunities. And we'll get to the standings coming up in a little while, but you're right. You know, we saw it kind of play out with Montclair State and also Christopher Newport a little bit, and then, of course, Salisbury, where you have Montclair State coming into the weekend undefeated, no longer undefeated in league play, so things still very much in limbo. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of football left. We still have, you know, four conference games. Obviously, we have a huge one this week against Salisbury, um, so, again, all we could do is keep fighting and put ourselves in a position, you know, to win games, and that's all you can ask. And, again, you know, I, I think I looked at the injury report today, and we had 24 or 25 players not practicing that are out. Like, that's just devastating. Um, you usually don't overcome that. But the nice part is we knew we were going to be pretty deep in a lot of spots, and we knew we had to get a lot of our backups ready because you never know. But... You know, again, anytime you have that, um, you know, it makes it hard. We're hoping Kyle DeGraw, you know, we lost him during training camp. You know, one of our defensive ends we thought was going to be really dynamic for us. It looks like we get him back this week in limited action, which will be great. Um, you know, again, so that's all you could do is hope to get some of those players back. James probably not this week. You know, you're trying to make sure, again, it's his right hand, so it's his dominant hand. You know, so you want them to play, you want to cast it up, but you have to go by what the doctors say. And, again, because he had some numbness a little bit, you just don't want to risk him not being able to use his right dominant hand for the rest of his life. So, you know, there's a lot of factors. I'm probably more of a doctor these days than anything because you're just trying to see who can play, who can't play, 
who's limited in practice. Again, we have a lot of players in red jerseys limited, so it's just you feel like it's one of those years of mash unit. You're just trying to survive. And one of those guys who's been impacted by the injuries, the quarterback Nate Myers, he's filling in for Thomas Goldsboro. Having a full week to prepare last week, what did you see out of Nate? Obviously dealt a little bit of a tough hand with the weather. Yeah, and again, I, you know, you, you know, you know, Nate's really steady. Nate Myers, he, he does a really good job. Um, nothing really seems to flush or fr- fluster, fluster him at all and frustrate him at all. He's kind of that steady, and that's what you want at that position. You, you can't be really high at that position and really low. You got to be fiery and take control, but you also have to have even keel. So, you know, he, he's done a great job. He was six on the depth chart in camp. Came into camp late because he left another school. So again, you're now playing with a third different quarterback. You know, and that's going to pose you a lot of issues because the timing with everything is different. Every quarterback is different. All your timing is different. Um, but again, I give him a lot of credit. He's worked really hard to work himself up and put himself in a position to be successful. Oh, no doubt about it. And you, d- despite kind of what he had to deal with last weekend, he was able to battle through and, as you mentioned, put the props in position to possibly win the game. And yeah. w- one thing that's interesting about, you know, the injury situation, as you mentioned, th- the reality is that, like, a lot, these guys want to play. The, the guys who are, you know, if the injured players are playing, then those guys don't necessarily get the opportunity to play as much as maybe they'd like. Now is the time for them to shine. Yeah, and you always talk about that in the sport of football because it takes so many more players in so many different positions and there's so many moving parts. So, again, that's what you tell your team. Listen, you never know when your time is called. You never know when you have to play. And, again, you just have to be ready. This is a perfect year, an example of that. You know, we're playing a lot of players that we didn't expect to be playing. But, again, we're still performing at a high level and putting ourselves in a chance to win games. What was the message to the team after the game on Saturday? Yeah, I thought we played really well. I thought it was obviously disappointing. The weather was disappointing, the crowd. But, again, you, you can't control that. Um, I, I thought we fought. I thought, again, we could have folded early, and we fought all the way through and gave ourselves a, a chance to win it at the end. I was really proud of how the players came back and fought and almost pulled off some mag- magic at the end. And, again, that's what you have to do. You know, In life, a lot of things aren't going to go your way. You have to fight through a lot of things in life. Look what's going on in the Middle East, right? Like yeah. when, when you look at a lot of different things in the world, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of people are faced with a lot of adversity. I'm just proud of how our guys have faced it um, and have fought through it. And, and again, we all know we're, we're you know we're kind of battling with a lot of players we didn't expect to play, but the good part is we're doing a really good job. And that's all you could ask of your coach. Um, as a coach, is that your players just play really hard all the way to the end. And I thought the guys did a great job of that. And the props, 1-1 one one on the season now in the NJAC after the 21-18 decision going in favor of Christopher Newport. We'll talk to two of the players that were part of that game for the props. Coming up in just a few moments as a part of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. By the way, before we go to break, I, I do want to shout this out now before we get to the uh, question segment. So you talked about at the beginning of the show, hey, maybe people are uh, tapping into the Phillies, et cetera, et cetera. As soon as you said that, Juan messaged in and said, awesome. I'm listening. I'll catch the Phillies later. Oh, wow. How awesome is that? Crush the goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Juan checking in as well. We'll, we'll get to him coming up later on. 
I'm in sure we show. will. We've got a couple of questions this week for the Roan University Football Fan Questions of the Week. And we will have Josh Ortiz and Carter Williams joining us in just a few moments right here from Italian Affair in Glassboro as a part of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way right after this. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. Visit their website calendar to discover when you can join the next community coalition meeting. For more information on the GRASP Coalition or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash our dash coalitions. The GRASP Coalition and the Southwest Council are proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. Hey everybody, it's time for today's STEM tip. Want to know how to make your selfies even better? Okay, let's use science. The best time for photos is golden hour. That's the moment right before the sun sets, when the atmosphere scatters blue and violet wavelengths, making perfect, soft, and golden selfie light to show off that beautiful face of yours. Click. Check out She Can STEM for more inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jessica Kennedy. And I'm Rob Lightfoot. We're the host of Beyond the Brown and Gold, where we catch up with Glassboro State College and Rowan University alumni as they discuss their lives on campus and beyond. That's Beyond the Brown and Gold on the second and fourth Saturday morning of each month at 8.30 a.m. on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. But Jess, there's more. You can also find the show on rowanradio.com and your favorite podcasting platforms. Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones alongside the head coach of Profs Football, Jay Acorsi, and we are joined right now by two members of the Profs, our Rowan University Football Players of the Week, Carter Williams and Josh Ortiz. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing? Great, you? great to have you. And uh, take us through kind of how last weekend played out for you guys on Saturday. A rainy day must have been very tough to kind of deal and navigate with those circumstances. Take me through your thoughts and feelings as that game played out. I mean, I think we all can agree that, you know, every single one of us from both sides of the ball played until the very last second of that game. And, you know, we just had that mindset of not stopping. Carter, how about for you? Um, I think that, like, our defense as a whole unit uh, communicated very well. Uh, during the whole entire game and kind of like shut them down completely in the second half. Carter, you were named NJAC Defensive Rookie of the Week. I mean, it, that was a pretty impressive performance considering the opponent as well. What does an honor like that mean to you? Uh, it's it's cool and everything, but I just want to win games. So You have yeah. to like that answer, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising coming from where we came from. And Josh, um, as one of the leaders for this team, being in those conditions and trying to kind of deal with that and keeping everybody locked in after the, the way the game started, um, how difficult was it to kind of go through that where you, you get the kick returned in the beginning of the game, it's kind of an uphill climb for there? I mean, you know, this is not a first time facing adversity. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely hard, but, uh, you know, it's not the first time we faced something like this. We just had a lock in and just we went out there and played our ball. When you take a look at how the game played out, I mean, it's when you get in those kind of games, it does put pressure on the defense to try to keep the, the offense alive and give it a chance. I thought you guys over the last couple of weeks have done a, a tremendous job 
when faced with adversity, you've been able to keep the deep or the offense kind of in the game with your level of play until they can get things rolling a little bit. Um, how have you been able to, to, to manage that kind of toughness throughout the course of a game? Um, you know, I think, honestly, our, our defense has found who we are as and what we can be. And it, it's a scary sight for other teams because we, we honestly know what we can be. And once we start being that team, it, it's, it, it, you know, it's hard to play against us. Coach, we kind of hit on that last week in the TCNJ game. A lot had to go right in order for you to have a chance to win that game. Among those things, the defense kind of holding things together and also make big plays as well. Yeah, and I thought Josh said it perfectly. I said, you know, it's, it's about working together as a unit and a team, and, you know, especially defensively, the same offensively. You know, if there's one player off or one player kind of not where he's supposed to be, it's going to put a lot of stress on the other ten. I think we're really starting to hit our stride defensively. You know, I think some of the struggles facing some really good teams has forced us, you know, as coaches and players to look at ourselves and what we do. Um, the great part is there's not a lot of seniors on that side of the ball, which is nice. Really on the offensive side, not a lot either. So, you know, the hope is, you know, we're building and working for now, but also understand you know, you're also building for the future and where you want to be. But I think Josh said it perfectly. It's about trusting your teammates and knowing that they're going to be in the right spot at the right time in the right place um, and, and try to work together as a unit again. And it's not just offense. It's offense, defense, and special teams because you all affect one another. I do want to go back to the Saturday before last Saturday in the TCNJ game a little bit further. Um, we, we talked to Shane Martin last week about that game and, and what it was like catching the Hail Mary. What was it like watching that from the sideline on your end? I mean, for me, honestly, I couldn't even watch. Like, I, <laughs> I, I honestly had to watch it on film. I couldn't watch. Like, I, I, you know, it was one of those, it was like, you know what, like, I have faith in these guys. Like, something, something magical is going to have to happen. I mean, we can look at last year. You know, last year was another magical moment where we kicked that field goal and win the game. So, I mean, anything, anything was possible. Anything was possible, and, and it happened. Carter, what was your point of view? Um, I was just uh, hoping that Nate got the ball in the end zone and gave us a shot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, threw my helmet. I was going crazy. It was, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So, Well, you guys are going to be looking for more moments like that coming up this Saturday against Salisbury. It, it's always an interesting opponent because that's the, the triple option and one of, the, one of the more unique dynamic offenses you'll see throughout the course of the year. What's it been like preparing for an offense like that josh obviously you're no stranger to it yeah i mean for the i mean the past two years two three years i've been here um we always wanted to dominate the triple option and i think our mindset this year is that we're, we feel very very comfortable going up against this type of triple option and that like it's nothing new to us especially the group of guys we have so we're gonna we're gonna go in there and dominate this week carter this is your first experience on the collegiate level with preparing for the triple option uh, what's it been like for you? And going back to high school days, have you, did you see anything kind of like this? Um, I played a couple of teams in uh, high school that did this, but not a lot. So um, it's definitely new, but I'm just trying to listen to my coaches and, and get everything going. So, Coach, in, in previous years, you've had a, a team here or there who had glimpses of the triple option or ran it uh, pretty much exclusively. This year on the schedule, it's a little bit more pass-happy offenses what kind of challenges do you see there when you take a look at Salisbury on film? Yeah, and, you know, and again, and they're a little bit different. They're not kind of like they've been. They haven't had a, a ton of great success like they always do. Don't get me wrong. They're good. 
but they're not like leading the nation with four or five hundred yards rushing and like they normally do. They seem a little more mortal, but still the same challenge. But again, you know, we've prepared each year for this, playing Springfield the last two years, playing Army Prep the last couple of years, going up to Army again this year. Like it's a progression to build up to be ready for that type of offense, and you have to do it. Let's face it, going up to Army Prep doesn't help our offense a ton. They see an odd front, but it's really more to help the defense try to see something like this so that we have, you know, all the tools in our toolbox to be able to use for when you see something like this. I got to shout out these coach, these players will probably tell you the same. Our offensive Kyle guys have done a great job this week. They're shaking their heads already. You know, and again, I spent some time with the offensive scout this week and the defensive coaches running it, and I think they've done a really good job, um, our offensive scout team, trying to simulate it as best that you can, and my hope is that that has helped these guys. Guys, let's, let's dive into that a little bit throughout the course of the season. I mean, as a, as a fan, anybody covering the team, you don't always necessarily connect the dots with the scout team and getting the team ready. I mean, how important is that for you on a week-to-week basis to get those looks especially in a game like this where it's vastly different from what you've seen so far this year? I mean, from, I mean, especially from the past two weeks anyway, we can speak from, you know, the scout team has done an amazing, phenomenal job. You know, the defense, I mean, speaks for itself. The defense has been going out there and just dominating, but it's it's because of those guys. Those guys have prepared us. They're prepping us. You know, they're, they're giving us different looks, things that we're going to see, things that we might see. You know, we're seeing everything, and it's, it's, it just helps us a ton because, like, those guys are really working hard and pushing us. Carter, how about for you? Um, yeah, kind of like what John uh, Josh said. Um, uh, they're working like extremely hard and they're giving us a really good look every single day. So, so Carter, I want to talk to you about your high school days. So you went to Kingsway Regional, and the, the head coach is somebody Pross fans may know very well, former linebacker Mark Hendricks, who's one of the, the great props ever. What was it like being coached by him, and, and what did you learn from him? Um, I definitely learned a lot of, like, um, I don't know the word, uh, determination, like, Everything has to be like done well with him, um, but like, like I like he's just like he's a great coach, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, uh, coach, co- we, we we've talked a little bit about Mark Hendricks over the last couple of weeks, and it, the kind of that Kingsway pipeline. Do you when you get some of the players from Kingsway, do you see kind of the sprinkles of Coach Hendricks in terms of maybe influences what he's told them when you get them? Yeah, no question. And you know, he was dead on with Carter. He said. You know, listen, if he was 6'2", 6'3", 260, he would have been scholarship somewhere and gone somewhere else. Um, luckily for us, he isn't. But he always just said to me right from the beginning, you know, his motor is always going and is always at a high level. And, you know, I was involved with Carter, recruiting him a little bit with, with Coach Harris, and that's what we talked about. And that's what impressed me about him was, you know, he overcomes a lot of different things. And, again, now he's up against college tackles, right, Carter, that are 6'5", 3-something, yeah. like the, you know, the kid at TCNJ was a monster, um, you know, seeing you a little bit shorter. But he's seeing bigger players, but I don't think his motor has stopped at all. It's almost like he's going faster. Um, so, again, you know, when you have a former player that you highly respect in your program that's now off coaching, when he says something about a player – you're going to listen, you know, when things didn't work out for Nate and he was looking to leave and come here. The first phone call I got was from Mark. And he goes, Coach, listen, you got, and I said, Mark, oh, no, I remember him. We liked him. 
You know, we wanted him to look here. You know, so again, I think that speaks volumes. And you know, Mark spoke very highly of Carter and Nate. Um, and and again, that's important to us because you know what type of player, but more importantly, what type of person you know you are getting. You know, and I think that's important. As you got into college and as you got onto the field for the first time what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make on a game-to-game week-to-week basis at the college level um definitely the speed of the game is a lot faster here um everyone's stronger everyone's fast so i kind of had to adjust and uh like work hard every single day and put everything into every single play what were your early impressions of meeting josh uh i thought he was really funny and, uh, i knew he's a hard worker too so i like that josh how about for you what would it would it stood out to you when you saw carter play first but then as a person i mean you know it's, it's very often you see freshmen play but like you know this kid like when i seen him you know i knew he was something special for sure like you know a special freshman that was coming in i knew he was going to help us i knew he was going to be a big time player for us on the defense when you see freshmen coming into the program, is there any wisdom you try to or some of the other defensive linemen, the veterans, try to instill upon the young guys? Definitely, like, don't, don't like, ask questions. Like, make sure you're watching your film and make sure you're just watching the little things because the little things really do matter. And c- can you speak to that a little bit, Carter? I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, the little things, like, every single little thing here is going to, like, build up for the game. So if you, do, if, you, if you don't do everything right during the week, then you're not going to win on the, on the weekends. Attention to detail, Coach. I mean, yeah. That's pretty important. Yeah, and again, something that Mark had said about both, you know, he and Nate, really students of the game, really take great pride, you know, really enjoy playing, uh, play with a lot of passion, a lot how Mark played, you know. It's, that's what you're looking for. And, again, I think – and again, Carter's still only a freshman, so he's been forced into duty because of, you know, Kyle DeGraw being out and, and you know, Dahani being out early, and he had to kind of, you know, play by fire and be able to help us right away. That's not what our goal is. Our goal is to kind of work him through. Um, but again, he's, he's done a great job, and, you know, he's, he's getting into the right spots quicker, and I see the improvement week by week. Um, and again, I know he's forced to play early for us as we get Kyle and some others back It's only going to make our defense that much stronger So when we talk about who the funniest profs are on the team your <laughs> name commonly comes up I mean, what, what's your what's your secret? I really you know, I just be myself. I like being myself around <laughs> the guys I just like joking making everybody laugh, you know practice practice is so serious But sometimes, you know, you just gotta lighten the mood a little bit <laughs> so non-Josh division. Who, who's the second funniest prop? Uh, I would probably have to go with Dahani. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Okay, all right. Well, well, how about, where, where do you fall in the rankings? You're just, but you're just, you're, you're still young trying to figure out stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I kind of got to stay in my place a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think I'm myself out there still. Uh, one of the things that has, has really um, stuck with me about covering this team and watching you guys is just how together it seems like you are on the field off the field as well um what can you attribute that to you know uh, coach dawkins coach feist you know even coach of course these these, they they always tell us that like these are the guys that you're going to be with for the rest of your life you know at at a job like anything that happens you pick up the phone you call one of these guys these guys are going to pick up for you these guys are always going to be there for you you know they always they always talk about weddings this that so i mean like and i truly see it i truly see i mean i still talk to guys from two years ago that were on the team so you know the bond is always there and it's always going to be there 
And Carter, what's it like to be a part of a program like that that has that kind of bond together on and off the field? Yeah, um, every single like every single guy on the team, you know, that he has your back, like on and off the field, which is just a great feeling in general. And you know, that you have like 110 brothers off the field. So when you guys take a look now at the the rest of the season, the NJAC, it's going to be a tight race here to the finish line. What do you think are some of the things that defense needs to either A, do better or keep doing in order to help the team reach their goals? Um, like, I, like I said, the last two games, um, last two, you know, the touchdown to TCNJ, that was a mistake. You know, all, all big plays are happening because of mistakes. Guys not in the right gap or it's, it's all about assignment. So everybody does their assignment, father rules, you know, defense is going to take care of what they have to take care of. Uh, like what uh, Josh said, I think that we have to execute every single play, and we have to win every single play to win big games. Absolutely, a big key for the pros moving forward. Um, I'm curious from the the transition, and Josh, you, you would you know because you're a veteran, um, the the jump high school to college. We you talked about that a little bit. Josh, what do you remember from your transition from becoming high school senior, college year freshman? And at the end of the season, did you feel different? How was it? I mean, what was the transition that you had to make? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you, my body definitely feels a difference, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, going from high school, playing both ways of the ball, you know, feeling fine the next day to, you know, you're playing college ball. Like like Carter says, you're versing, you know, 300-pound men, you know, every single day. So, you I mean, your body definitely takes a toll, and you definitely feel it from, and it's very different from high school, so... Have, have you kind of felt those differences so far? Yeah, uh, usually after, like, Saturday games, I usually sore until next Wednesday. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel it. Coach, that's a thing we don't talk about too much is kind of that transition for players becoming kind of, you know, a veteran, getting used to the, the grind of college on a, a weekly basis because you're seeing a lot of high-level talent. Um, what's it been like trying to, to teach those guys how to prepare themselves mentally and physically for that transition yeah especially for the offensive and defensive linemen and i'm sure both could say the same it's just different you see a couple of big guys in high school but it's not that stressful now all of a sudden you're seeing a lot of guys in practice every day that's stressful you know i know these guys can attest our offensive line's pretty good so they're facing really good guys every day so they're used to it but it's that grind of that physicality of being up against big strong bodies and men instead of being in high school against, you know, not many that you see at that level. And, and it's different, and you got to be prepared for it. One thing I did want to ask you guys before you, you headed out here, the offensive line, the Rowan offensive line, how does that offensive line help you guys get better during the course of, A, training camp, but, B, once you get into the season? Because the, the offensive lines here over the years have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, th those guys have just done an amazing job throughout practice, even, you know, throughout injuries, whatever it is, like, the, like even the next man up over there, they're, they, they're just doing an amazing job of just stepping up and just filling that hole. Yeah, um, what Josh said, uh, they're working, like, very hard every day, and they're kind of coming together even more every single day as a unit. And, and, and I get nervous because there are the periods when the offensive and defensive linemen are together, and I try to stay away from there because I don't want to see too much. Well, but, you know, but they do a lot. And, yeah. again, but that's back to the coaches, right? Coach Feist and Coach Gino and Coach Ellen and Coach Dawkins. And, you know, that's a fine line. you got to push yourself, but you got to do it within 
a good framework, but they do a lot of it, and, you know, that's what the hope is, is that it helps. It's funny you, you talk about that offense-defense battle. We, yeah. we had Shane Martin on last week. He, he talked about during practice, you know, it, it gets a little uh, spirited between the, the, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. How about the, the offense and defensive lines? Is there any trash talking going on throughout the course of, of the, the practices? Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely say that. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's a, everybody's competitive. You know, if you, that, that's what football is. It's a competitive sport. I mean, that's why we play. We love being competitive, and that's all it is. It's nothing more than that. Yeah, I think that uh, it's very competitive, and that like everyone's trying to earn their spot, and everyone wants to play there. So. Well, gentlemen, we look forward to the rest of the season here. Josh Ortiz, one of the senior captains, and Carter Williams, an outstanding freshman for the Profs. Gentlemen, best of luck to you, and thanks for joining us here on the show. Thank you very much. Go Phils. Thank you. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll have more of the Road University Football Coaches Show right here on Road Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM from Italian Affair in Glassboro right after this. Rowanradio.com? What's this? A full program and sports schedule for WGLS so you never miss your favorite shows? Station archives to see the history of Rowan Radio? A virtual tour of the station? They even have podcasts too! Oh, and you can listen online! Ooh, I love this song! Go to Rowanradio.com for more Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121, and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM as the props get set for the Seagulls coming up in, on Saturday in what should be a very fun football game. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Coach, great to have Josh and Carter here. Yeah, you know, and again, uh, you know, I, I was trying to get Nunez also, but he has class. Yeah. Um, tried to get Nate a little bit, but he has class. So I try not to stress the new players a little bit with doing this. Um, and again, I get impressed when I see their grades, not so much a lot of what they're doing right now in the fall, even though we have some really impressive young players again. And, you know, that's that long term. You know, you got to think as a coach, short term, immediate, medium, medium range, long positions like I'm, I'm really excited about where we're at, where we are and where we're headed. What should be a very fun and entertaining game on Saturday. The Profs will take on the Seagulls as some of that young talent looking to help the Profs grab a win against Salisbury. 3-3 three and three on the year of the Seagulls, 2-1 and one in the NJAC. 31-12 win over Montclair State, who lost their first conference game of the year, so now a tie for first place in the NJAC. And we've kind of 
been tracking the Seagulls throughout the season when we talk about the NJAC scoreboard. And it's been a very up and down year, but when the time came for the big game to be played, they, they showed up. Yeah, no question. You know, and again, they lost to Christopher Newport. Um, you know, Christopher Newport, I think, played really well in that game and pulled away. Um, it was going to be interesting to see how they did against Montclair. You know, Montclair being undefeated in the conference, having some success scoring points and doing a lot. Um, but, you know, again, Salisbury looks back to the same old, same old, very efficient, very, really good. They're really good on special teams. We've spent some time this week. They have really good returners, really good kickers. Um, they have really good players on special teams. So that's an area of concern that we're always, always challenged with them a little bit. So that's something we've spent a little bit of time this week on. Last year's game, very close at their place. Um, hotly contested game. This always has seemed to be, especially over the last five, six years or so, if you want to go back further, really, I believe 2011, 2012, playoffs. the playoffs. They're really close game. Th this has been, by and large, a mostly close rivalry. It seems like you two have a way of bringing out the best in each other. Yeah, and again, I, I think as a conference, you know, we're one of the only teams to knock them off in conference a little bit. Um, I, you know, I thought the last two years we've really closed the gap. I thought two years ago at home we played really well, had a chance at the end to knock them off. They had a really experienced, explosive offense, and I thought we really stressed them. Last year, same thing. You know, we missed some, some pass opportunities, but I thought, you know, we're playing much better. And, again, that's you got to look at every team differently, but you have to look at everybody together, and then you have to be prepared for a team like this i think we've kind of structured it to be efficient and better against the triple option type team because of what we've done the last couple of years and and i'm excited to see where we go now uh with this because i think the last two years defensively we played really well offensively you know again three four we don't see a lot of it but again i'm, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do against them this year so the seagulls with that triple option will make their way into glassboro another week on the road for salisbury they ran last week for 207 yards on the ground i mean there's a lot of football ease you can get into when talking about the triple option maintaining gaps and things like that what's what's one big key you think you have to kind of hit on during the course of the week against something like I this. think you just have to be assignment um, fundamentally sound and and I know it's like coach speak but you know again they're really you know and I, and I think teams have been a little bit more successful against them they really want to get the ball to the be back or the fullback and get him going he hurt us last year he hurt us the year before you just can't you know you really got to stop the fullback make it push to the quarterback and the slot backs and rally um you know if we could do that i think we could be very successful it looks like that's what teams are doing a better job of but again a lot of our conference teams are playing out of conference games and scrimmages against triple option teams to be able to be prepared for that taking a look at some of the scores from around the njac tcnj shutting out kane 27 to nothing so yeah. they bounce back after yeah. the loss against rowan yeah and they, you know they're a really good football team Again, struggle a little bit, scoring points, but I'm hoping that's because we were pretty good defensively in the second half. Um, but again, not you know, not surprising. They're a good football team. And then Ursinus, 39-15 win over William Patterson. Yeah, again, I think Ursinus is, you know, that second, third tier 
team in, in, in the Centennial. Obviously, Hopkins is rolling. Um, you know, Muhlenberg beat Ursinus in a, kind of a really close game. But Ursinus is really good. And, again, that's you know, not surprising. Taking a look at the games coming up this weekend, Montclair State will take on William Patterson Kane against Christopher Newport and Gettysburg against TCNJ. It's you know we've seen this play out before in the conference where you have you get to mid October you get towards Halloween and it's not just Team A and Team B it's a cluster of teams kind of vying for uh, the the conference title. Does that make things a little bit easier to kind of say okay just one game at a time we can't worry about what everybody else is doing? Yeah, I mean you try to do that, but you still have to watch, right? You have to still see what other teams do and. You know, try, to, try not to follow other teams and get that in the way of what you're trying to do immediately. But, again, you, you always do. And, you know, you're interested to see scores and how teams fare and where it goes. You know, again, I, I think it's a really good conference. I think we all work really hard. I think we're all clustered a little bit closer. You know, Salisbury kind of separated themselves a little bit. Um, obviously, Wesley's not in existence anymore. Um, you know, so that has factored in, right? Um, and now CNU looks to be, you know, turning it a little bit and doing well. I, I just think the conference is highly competitive top to bottom, and you got to be ready every week. Oh, no doubt about it. The profs and will certainly give it a go uh, this Saturday against a Salisbury team that, you know, over the last few years, they, they've kind of been at the, the national forefront yeah. for the NJAC, been able to get in the playoffs We'll see how things progress moving forward with the the NJAC race. But you mentioned the strength of the league. Christopher Newport, an, another team that obviously you saw this past Saturday, kind of hanging around in the fight here. Um, the, 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 I want to ask you about the tiebreaker situation because we know that has been a thing in the past. Um, I know we're away a ways from it, but is there anything you'd like to see done in terms of trying to determine a, a conference champion? Well, I mean, we have it in place, and there's a series of things that go through, you know, first-half scores, um, you know, and, and that was all talked about several years ago as we were taking more teams in the conference and losing teams. Um, you know, you want to be careful when you talk about points, differential. You know, you don't want somebody running it up 80 to 7 just because they're trying to win the conference if they happen to slip. Um, but I think we have good tiebreakers in system and a good things in place that are over all the years we've always talked about. Um, I don't really remember the specifics, to be honest with you. That's something you look at down the road yeah. if need be. Um, but, but again, I, I think as a conference, we have a lot of really good things in place um, to be able to deem a conference champion, which you have to for NCAA playoff purposes. Christopher Newport in first place right now. 2-0 mark in the NJAC. Montclair State and Salisbury 2-1. And, and Rowan 1-1 and along with William Patterson. TCNJ at 1-2. And, and Kane yet to win a game at 0-3 in conference play. So, you know, it's a monster game this Saturday between yeah. the Profs and the Seagulls. If the Profs win, they'll jump to 2-1. And, and then Salisbury potentially is in a hole they may not be able to dig out of. Uh, potentially falling two back, depending on what happens with Christopher Newport this weekend. So the, the importance of this game is, is certainly there. Yeah, it's huge. And I told the players that. I said the next two weeks are going to start to determine who's going to be the front runner, you know, for the conference championship. And then even after the loss, I said, listen, guys, I know we lost. and It was really close. 
Christopher Newport's leading the conference, but we still have Salisbury and things can happen. You know, you just don't know in our conference. So you just got to be ready each week. And again, you know, I just told him, listen, all's not lost. There's still chances, but we have to take care of what we need to and we got to win and we got to put ourselves in a position to be successful. And from all indication, especially in practice, it is a group that practices really hard. And again, it shows on the field. They never give up. They never think they're out of it. They're always fighting and clawing and scratching till the end as a unit together, too. And sometimes when you lose, you find out about yourselves. That's sometimes when finger pointing and, you know, emotions and things happen. And, again, not surprising. I have not seen this team do that. They're all kind of really tight-knit and working together, which I think is great. The Profs and the Seagulls coming up on Saturday. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be an opportunity for us to get to the Rowan University football fan Uh-oh. questions Uh-oh. of the week. We have a couple left over from last week. so oh, we'll, that's right, because we, right, we had the band. We're, we're uh, just a, a, a tick backed up in the queue, so we'll get, to, we'll get to those questions coming up in just a few moments. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way from Italian Affair in Glassboro right after this. Here's what you missed this morning on the Early Bird Special. I love Amazon Prime Day. I went Christmas shopping on Amazon. It's October. (laughs) I know. I didn't get a lot of things. I got a rug for my room, $50 rug, and I think I got it for like $20. They're just passing things out left and right. It's like Oprah. You (laughs) You get get this coupon. You you get get this coupon. You get this coupon. It's crazy. Listen to the Early Bird Special Monday through Friday from 7 till 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. It's Italian Affair and the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and Jay Acorsi rounding out things. Pop flavor on the way coming up at the top of the hour with Sam DeChusis as Sam brings you the best in top 40. And it will be a great time from 7 to 8 tonight. But before we get to this week's fan questions of the week, I did want to ask you about the pep band and or not the pep band, the marching band, excuse me. Uh, did you have a chance to, to see any of their performances on Saturday? Yeah, you know, obviously we, we come down to the field and see them and how awesome are the uniforms and what they do. And obviously we see them firsthand doing the national anthem and how great. Like the uniforms are awesome. They do a great job. And again, they're out there in the pouring rain, um, you know, and, and, and they've been doing a lot. But it was great to see them finally in their uniforms, all dressed up in their really great outfits and and in what they do. And again, you know, students that are trying to give back to the university and give back to others and and perform for their fellow students and community. And they were awesome. It was certainly a sight to see. They were fantastic. They did Susudio, like we heard (laughs) about from Megan Cooney last week. Uh, they did a fantastic job with that awesome. during halftime. So it was uh, a sight to behold. And the, the props in terms of home games, 
incredibly, the season has flown by, and we're running out of home games and chances to see the Rowan University Marching Band. So if you have a chance, make sure you get out to see them coming up on Saturday. Yeah, and it's supposed to be nice weather now. The rain's coming in tomorrow. Not going to be in on Saturday. So, you know, come on out, watch another great heck of a football game, and watch your uh, Pride of the Profs Marching Band. All right, it is time to get to our Rowan University football fan questions of the week. Our first one is from Brian in Glassboro. He's had others too, right, Brian? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He is, uh, so he is a, a super fan. So there's a chance he's listening while he's watching the Phillies right now. Could be the case. Could be the case. Good. So he wants to – this is actually a little bit of a Philly-centric uh, question, actually. There's been a lot of talk about – how good the home field advantage has been at Citizens Bank Park and how tough it has been for opponents. What is the toughest field in terms of crowd that you had to play against? Loudest, best? Well, you know, I think uh, Christopher Newport, obviously being down there, they're a marching band in that end zone right where you're at. They have stands dedicated right for their marching band and, and cheerleaders and dance team and everybody right in that end zone. When you're down in that end zone playing, it's really loud. Our, um, you know, sidelines are close down near that end so you can hear it. That's a really hard place to play. They have a really nice stadium, obviously, um, for Division Three. The old Chugger Field up at Cortland. Oh, yeah. Not the current one, but the old field that was on the other side of campus. The stands were right on you. Yeah. Um, Lycoming was the same way. The stands are right on you. Um, you know, those are ones that, that come into play, you know, obviously at Mount Union, you know, that speaks for itself. Yep. Um, you know, Linfield in the playoffs, um, you know, nice small little stadium and they had a huge crowd for that game. Um, you know, and there's, there's a lot, you know, I, I remember some of the bigger games at TC and J both in the playoffs, and the regular season have been crowded. We're, you know, we're, we tell our players that they're very fortunate. You know, it was fall break at TC and J two weeks ago. There wasn't a lot of people there. Um, You know, I told our players, I said, you're really spoiled. You've had huge crowds. And even though it was homecoming and rainy, that was still a pretty good crowd that was there. Yeah. So, uh, again, I think we're very fortunate. We tell our players that, that we have a great atmosphere and environment for home games. That's not always the case. You know, Patterson's kind of different because they don't have stands on the visitor side. Um, But those are some of the ones that, that come to mind for me. Juan is back. Awesome. And the tight ends have been busy blocking this season. Will anyone in the group emerge as the next great pass-catching tight end, or are they mostly blocking specialists? I think for now, you know, John Shabilia, and again, that goes back to the question before, strongest players on the team offensively would be John Shabilia, defensively would be Aeneas Robinson. Um, so I want to throw that in there because that was from <laughs> before. I don't, I don't know if we social media answered that question. I, not the social media person. <laughs> I know Colin does a great job with ours. Um, but, again, John's a great blocker. Caught a couple of passes this year. We have some really good young ones. Lucas Plisteris, a sophomore. Um, you know, Johan Ortiz, a, a freshman. Big, tall, athletic. Um, again, I, I think you're going to see us in the next year or two with the tight ends be a little bit different than we've been you try to use the strengths of your players. Matt Carlin was hurt all of camp. He's back now. He's that hybrid kind of that can run around and catch. So we're trying to work him back in. Um, but, again, I, I think we're really excited about the future of that position and the players we have there. 
The props will try to use some of that talent this weekend to knock off Salisbury University. Coverage begins on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM at noon with an encore presentation of the Roan University Football Coaches Show. 12.30, it'll be props pregame from Coach Richard Wacker Stadium and then kickoff at 1 between the props and the Seagulls. As coach, it should be a fantastic day for football. Yeah, it should be. It should be great weather. It's supposed to be really nice out. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't this past weekend. Um, again, you know, we're getting close to the end of the season in the last of our home games. We go on a little away stretch after this um, and then follow up with our last home game. Um, but again, should be a great day, great environment. Um, if you stayed home and didn't get a chance to go out for homecoming, just kind of change your plans a little bit and come out this weekend. It should be really nice, really good weather. And again, two really good football teams. You're going to see a heck of a game. Absolutely. By the way, if you have any other questions for Coach Acorsi, you can send them via social media and x.com, the artist formerly known as Twitter, by <laughs> tagging at Rowan Radio. And you mentioned Susu Studio was played. I missed it at halftime. Yes. That would have been one of my favorites when we had Megan on yes, last week. Yes. So that was the other question from a couple of weeks ago. And you said they were awesome, which I'm sure they would. So yeah. I would have been dancing around singing <laughs> Susu Studio as well. <laughs> Not an easy song at all to play. That, that was an amazing performance yep. for sure. Easy to sing, though. You just kind of scream loud and say a few words yes. and run around. Just say Susudio yeah. over and over again. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you can check us out at Rowan Radio on X slash Twitter, also on Instagram. And if you want to email your question, you can do it by sending it to WGLS at rowan.edu. That will just about do it. Special thanks to Sam DeChusis back in the studio. Sam has pop flavor on the way coming up in just a few moments. Coach, best of luck to you on Saturday. Thanks. Uh, should be a heck of a ball game. Again, if people are around, you want to see great small college football, you know, should be a heck of a ball game, and, and we're really excited for this challenge. For Jay Acorsi, Josh Ortiz, and Carter Williams, I'm Derek Jones saying so long from Italian Affair in Glassboro. We will talk to you on Saturday from Coach Richard Wacker Stadium. Have a good one, everybody.